My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, everybody. Let's get things started with a word from our friends at Callaway. You may remember the steelhead fairway wood. It was Callaway's most successful fairway wood of all time. Well, what happens when you take the steelhead fairway wood and make it even more versatile and powerful house? Tell me. You get the steelhead XR, of course. Now, with a recontoured Hawkeye sole and supercharged face cup technology, and we know all about the face cup technology, of course, the Steelhead XR is longer and more versatile than ever. When you play Steelhead XR, there's no such thing as a bad lie. To learn more about the technology behind the new Steelhead XR, go to CallawayGolf.com. That's CallawayGolf.com, the number one fairway wood in golf. All right, pals. I would like to say a quick word about our good friends from Proper Cloth. Whether your shirt collar is too tight, gentlemen, or the sleeves are too long, something's always off when it comes to dress shirts. Luckily, ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier thanks to Proper Cloth. They guarantee a perfect fit, meaning that if somehow your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they will remake it for free. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit, pals. Start looking your best with a custom fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com backslash shack house. Propercloth.com slash S-H-A-C-K-H-O-U-S-E today. Enter gift code Shackhouse to save $20 on your first shirt. That's 20 free bucks. Do it today. All right, let's go to the Shack House. House greetings from the Ringer World Headquarters in Hollywood, California. We have a fun show today. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're ready. We have no guests, everybody, but we are excited because there's a lot to talk about in the world of golf. Thrilling Travelers Championship, big-time players and weird states of their game heading into the Open Championship. Phil and Bones, Malcolm Gladwell, Donald Trump, food, you name it, we got it. Oh, and doping too, House. That's a pretty we good We got lineup. it all, Shaq. You know, what, you know what's coming, Shaq. This one's so good. I guarantee we're going to chest bump at the end of this one. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be as good a chest bump as what Spieth and, and his caddy Greller pulled off yesterday, but, you know, two old white guys jumping up, oh. you know, at least four or five inches off the ground and getting that bump on. We're going to do it to it, Shaq. Yeah, we would definitely look like Tom Lehman and Bernhard Langer, the all-time worst, uh, the air bump, where they just they just missed each other. They had no business jumping. Oh, it's brutal. You know, you know Spieth? And Greller's was impressive. Speeds was impressive because he was going uphill out of the bunker house. Well, you that, know, he's that got some... gone wrong in a lot of ways. And it and he 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 had some hops out of there. I was impressed. He's got athlete. There's there's genes in that family. You know, his brother uh, just signed as an undrafted yeah, yeah. Um, free agent, I think, to Dallas. So he's going to try out for the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, okay. But they got some a... basketball, yeah. some basketball genes, some hoop genes, some athletic genes in that family. So I'm not surprised that that, that JS got up there on it. 
Now, you're a big sports fan. What did you make of the – you saw the reaction to the tournament. A great tournament. We're going to get into why it was great because I think it's important. But uh, you probably saw the social media reaction. So much was dedicated to his reaction, not the fact that he hold the shot or that there was this bizarro playoff or great final round. But so many people were seizing on the reaction, which I found fascinating. And, of course, there was the usual golf needs more of this kind of thing. Um, your take, I, some of that, I'll be honest, bothered me, but I, I'm anxious to, not, not, the, not the celebration, but that people are so consumed with the reaction more than the, the excitement of a player holing out on the last hole. I think uh, part of that is some pent-up, uh, you know, um, mm. I don't know what the word is. Excitement, frustration. folks. Yeah. Well, maybe I don't, it wasn't really frustration, but but you know the 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 U.S. Open left us a little flat in terms of the way that outcome you yeah. know developed. It was not a super dramatic ending. We've gotten a little accustomed to really dramatic endings in the U.S. Open, and you know Kepka really shut the door on the back nine, and Harmon kind of limped in a little bit. And those are t- not um, two great names in the in the world of golf, and just in terms of you know the the overall reaction of the sport viewing public. Yeah. So I think there was a little bit of that pent up kind of demand for some real drama, but really more than anything, I think the reaction that you saw in sports media was to the authenticity of the moment and how golf doesn't often provide opportunities for that kind of an authentic, spontaneous reaction. Um, because, you know, most of the time the outcomes in golf are occur sort of, you know, over the course of several holes. Yeah. It's not yeah. it's not so often the case, even in the playoff setting, that you have somebody doing something so dramatic that it produces this kind of spontaneous reaction. That's that's my take on no. it. What do you think? No, I think that's reasonable. I I, I just am uh, – there's no question the last uh, Open champ- – or the Open, U.S. Open, created some of that – a pent up desire for some some excitement, and then I. But I do wonder um, if it's a little bit of a generational thing that now Tiger has kind of set this bar. These great reactions that people uh, expect that now from from golfers, and good for Spieth for delivering of and it added added to the moment. Great. I was just sort of fascinated by that element. Uh, that was the main takeaway from people, or people were asking today, "Well, did you? What did you think of the reaction?" I was like, "Why?" Uh, my reaction was, "Well, I was kind of more enthralled by the shot and the scene and the setting and the way the the, the TPC River Highlands kind of played out as an arena." And it was also fascinating how how quickly people were ready to pounce uh, the the way that tournament finished. And then you saw all these reactions about, uh, well, that's that was way better than the U.S. Open. And look at 6,800-yard course and only 12 under one uh, instead of 1,600. There were all these interesting reactions. Of course, I like all those reactions because they feed my view that that uh, Aaron Hills had a lot of positives. But the one negative is that it was so big in scale. The people were set far back. The, the the property was so massive and River Highlands is such a cool arena it's like a it's more like a co- college uh, a, a basketball I don't want to call it a gym but a but a smaller venue for basketball compared to a you know a playing a game in the Superdome and I think I I'm excited that people reacted to that component of the finish as well I mean could it came through loud and clear on TV I, I assume you you noticed that as well well, and I think that was a big part of what fueled the reaction out of both Greller and Spieth. It was immediately a deafening roar. And yeah. Jordan was asked in the press conference, you know, to try and compare it to other huge moments in his, in his you know, uh, his early career. God, he's only been, you know, playing professionally since, what, 2012 or so? But, um, you know, the, the best he could come up with was uh, – the, at 16 at the Masters, you know, when he won in 2015, his shot into 16 there, um, which is a, re- is a reasonable, you know, that, yeah. that's a pretty good comp. Um, but that's another place where um, the fans, you know, first of all, it can accommodate a, a, big, uh, a big audience and you get people's reaction. It's right on top of you. And it kind of, I think, you know, it was a goosebump moment for me watching it live on TV yesterday, and the players, the player and the and his caddy, he obviously had goosebumps from it, 
And, you know, our boy Dan, Daniel Berger seemed like he might have had some goosebumps from it, too, because he took, uh, you know, it was clearly kind of a stunned reaction. Yeah. But he had he had enough, uh, you know, presence of mind to walk over. He gave, gave uh, Jordan a little little dap, gave him a nice, you know, down yeah. low hand slap. Um, and I liked I didn't realize that Spieth and he kept calling him Boogs, uh, Berger. <laughs> Had this history, you know, they've been playing against each other, competitors, um, you know, for, for all going all the way back to the juniors because uh, they're from the same class in yeah. college. Um, but that was, you know, kind of a, a, another sort of cool aspect of it. Um, but, you know, it, it, this is this is, I think, the thing that where you, you see on social media, people are saying we need to see more of this out of golf. Now, golf doesn't produce it that often no. for the reasons we, we touched on earlier. But, you know, it's it's a nice authentic moment the reaction was real it was cool it was uh it happened at the right time on the sports calendar because there just was yeah. not anything going on yesterday no and no. and that's i think why you we got some of that well oh boy the this was what the u.s open was missing now i mean that's obviously a little silly and, and a little bit of a strained kind of comparison yeah, yeah, yeah. um but you know Certainly, looking for those kinds of moments, it makes sense. And you know, some of that you just alluded to it had very much to do with with the venue. I've been lucky enough to play River Highlands. Oh, you have, and oh, the, I didn't know that. I have those holes, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, are so close to one another. Yeah, it's amazing, and really facilitate people being able to watch quite a bit of of golf. Um, and then all everybody convened for the playoff. It wasn't that hard to get that crowd, and it really you know s- swelled up, right? It was it looked yeah. like there was eight to ten deep surrounding well, the green there. Another key component to that, which I, I of course I had somebody complain on Twitter, but I, I retweeted the photo the tour put out of uh, CBS had that great wide shot from back in the fairway, just like they did at the Masters when Sergio. Uh, made his putt and won, and you got to see everybody stand and, and cheer. They had that wide shot. And the thing that was really cool for to me to see that you are seeing less of more and more at tournaments was how many people were packed immediately around the green and in, in that amphitheater setting. And so many tournaments now are moving people up into grandstands that are set a little bit back. And there are still the Rivieras, the Mirfield Villages, um, uh, there, there are venues, and, and River Highlands is one of the best, where you get those people right on top of the green. So, one, it's just better spectating. Because that was the number one thing about Aaron Hills. People still ask me, where were all the fans? Did they all just – did they, they, they know Sean? I go, no, they had great crowds. They are just set so far back, and they were forced into grandstands instead of being able to sit right around a green except in a few instances that you, you lost their uh, energy and the sound and all that that goes with that. And I can tell you, I mean, I've been at Riviera's 18th Green, where the people, is the greatest amphitheater of all, because it's 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 just, it's surreal how on top of the green people are, and how loud it gets when somebody makes a putt on the on that last day, and there's just nothing like it other than maybe an NBA arena that's you know the NBA Finals or a college arena, uh, you know. Uh, uh, well, we gotta. Yeah, so, you got to be fair. We got to talk about Phoenix if we're going to talk about you know. Yeah, but even some, even Phoenix, uh, yes, on sixteen, it, it's very tightly surrounded. But that's really about it. There, a lot of the, the holes, the the people are back a decent amount, and you don't have anything like you have at River Highlands or Riviera or, or Muirfield Village where they're they're on sort of slopes right off the green, and the people are just just breathing down your neck as a player, uh, and and I think that uh, just adds. Uh, it, another element and so it gets to why river highlands is besides those finishing holes is so great it's set up to be this arena setting like that they've changed the course a million times but they look like they finally have it dialed in i mean that's the other thing house it just looked beautiful beautiful day the the golden kind of native grasses with the dark green uh looked great and um it, it just functioned like a tpc i think kind of the way dean beeman and 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 everybody else who envisioned stadium golf Really, that was just a, a perfect example of what stadium golf can be. The combination of the, the risk-reward holes and the way the fan could be so on top of the action just brought an energy that, that is something that people, I think, need to be aware of more and more. And it's something that, you know, at the major championships outside of Augusta, you, you really are losing. People are getting pushed back up into grandstands. The Open Championship has a little of it. Uh, Torrey Pines this year didn't have a fan grandstand even on the last five holes. It was all corporate. 
Uh, and so the, 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 the energy that I think is what's fascinating is that that energy translates to television. And people who watched that yesterday, and they got a good rating, by the way. Thankfully, we finally ended the, I think, the, the rating slide streak. Uh, we'll watch that and go, oh, hey, you know, golf can be pretty exciting. It has an energy to it. And right now in this discussion of, of the sport being stagnant and all these issues, I, I realized more and more watching that yesterday that – now, they had great crowds too, and credit to Travelers, uh, and credit to Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth and the guys who showed up who don't normally play there for helping sell more tickets. But it showed how important that fan energy is to capture on television to, to, to show that there is energy out there at a golf tournament that's really fun to be a part of. I, I, I couldn't agree more, and it's something that I know – the good folks behind the Players' Championship would love to see more of. And I wonder, I just sort of uh, vocalized this out loud, if if that drama could be recreated by making the Players' Championship less of a war of attrition where, you know, if we only get that drama, um, you know, with a playoff and so forth, it feels like kind of once every three or four years. You don't mm -hmm. get it year in and year out. And it seems like that some of that is because of how difficult that 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 track is is playing now with the the sort of design um, revisions that have have been incorporated in. Um, but I do uh, I would like to see that's a, you know speaking of of stadium venues the TPC Sawgrass Stadium course really wants that that drama and is built for that drama with it all is. the risk reward of sixteen seventeen and then eighteen really has two wonderful places for folks to watch right from the t-ball and then surrounding you know the, the 18 green but the the drama is is not you know is kind of lost there um except for you know every so often 25 yeah. percent of the time or so well and then Ricky because it's set that ridiculous been, bar there that's going to be impossible to surpass but <laughs> right that's right uh, but uh, the thing I wanted to mention, to you, you mentioned, uh, we, we talked a little bit before the show. The other thing, to, before we leave the Travelers, uh, that was was fantastic for a, a, a group that has works really hard behind the scenes, and it was nice to see them have it pay off uh, with this this great field, is the new rule that, that basically forced a few people to show up there uh, that, that haven't been there, and uh, I think will now return because they had a great experience. I'm not sure of that, but that'd be my sense. But this was a great example of the, the tour's new rule that, that makes you show up at a golf course in a tournament that you, you haven't played in a few years. And uh, I think that can't be underestimated in, in, in how it helped this event. Uh, the, the, the other thing that we have to talk about, besides Spieth, I think the, the, the contrast of Spieth and Rory is really interesting. And, and so, so they both are struggling with their putting, but you don't sense that Jordan – is is totally lost on the greens you just sense it's just he's his ball striking has gotten really good he's leading the tour in strokes gain approach shots um which is incredible he was 87th last year and so he's clearly probably put a little too much emphasis on the ball striking practice and the short game practice i mean riviera all he, he just spent an unbelievable amount of time down in the uh, on the chipping green hitting bunker shots hitting hitting wedge shots and he maybe neglected his putting a little, and now it's kind of caught up to him. And I mean, there were a couple of weird putts there yesterday where, where you just knew he was going to miss it by the body language. And I think Michael Greller even called him off on one of them before he could and uh, do anything too too dangerous. And 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 Spieth, to his credit, noted that. But then House, then there's Rory McIlroy, who who just looks utterly lost. I mean, to have people sort of mocking you on the uh, as you're. I think Whit Watson said it looks like demo day out there. We had four or five putters on the putting green. This is alarming stuff, and uh, this is not encouraging for a player who people pay money to come see, as the Traveler showed. He, he sold a lot of tickets there. And uh, that, was, that was stunning, though, to see a player trying that many putts, uh, putters before a round of, on the PGA Tour. I mean, well, forget one, about one or two the is, round. is one thing, but, but that he, many. He, and, com he competed with three putters over four yeah. days. Yeah, that's I incredible. Mean, the, Forget you know the testing and whatnot, uh, and and really, you know we I have a couple times over this this the course of of Shack House 2017 conveyed my disappointment at at Rory sort of being 
out of the scene so far this season, yeah. largely because of, of the um, injury thing that he's conf- been confronted by, and also because he had, you know, he got married this, this summer, so it's uh, spring. Um, it's reasonable for him to have his head in other places. But my, my real concern and the thing that, that, that uh, worries me with Rory is he's only going to be 20 for another couple years, right? So, like, he had all of his 20s to, to be at the height of his physical dynamism, to be the, the kind of physical specimen that he's built himself into with all of his gym work and, and so forth. And, you know, the, he says, and I, I believe him, that he's working so hard in the gym so that he has, you know, uh, the, the ability to endure and to have a, a, a career that might last, last longer with, the, with his swing and how, how he goes after the ball and so forth. But you can't keep missing these opportunities, especially with majors in your 20s, and then you know uh, hope to have a legacy at the at the end of it. Now I I know that, uh, and I think that was really at the heart of what um, Elkington was trying to get at, completely well, and artfully. Yeah. And he didn't have any business getting on Twitter with Rory because Rory ate his ass up. Yeah. But at the heart of what Elkington was trying to say is, I, I think, well. I, yeah, Far well, be it was, for me to try and translate Steve Elkington, but yeah, no, he was trying to say that, uh, that, that these guys are a little bit softer, and and then Rory kind of confirmed his point by correcting him that he's worth two hundred million instead of one hundred million, and and it, and it was a good dig at the time, but it, you kind of realize now here he's he's made the shift, and obviously full disclosure, we are sponsored by uh, Callaway, <laughs> and he has gone from his Nike equipment and he signed with TaylorMade, but what is Shocking is that he, in this deal, clearly is mandated to play a tailor-made putter. Now, he had gone to a certain kind of putter uh, and was putting decently before he got injured. And Phil Kenyon, his instructor, and he had worked out. uh, He was getting – he had a little micro hinge in his life. And uh, he dumped that in this signing with TaylorMade. And I just was was shocked by that because a lot of times guys have structured deals where they switch, but they they allow the putter to remain something that they control for a while until they're absolutely sure they can switch. And he just he went in all in because he liked their ball or he liked whatever he liked the check. What I don't know what exactly the whole package was. He has intimated it was it was the golf ball that was a problem for him. He was playing a Titleist of the Masters, and he blamed that on on uh, some of the wind shots, whatever. Um, I, I'm not sure I'm, I'm entirely buying that. But that's what mentally he felt good to make this change. But House, he, he, he has to play their putter, and he's just not clearly not ready to make the change. And I think this gets to a bigger point that, that he has often, and he's very good at it and very good at making money, but he's often put these deals uh, ahead of, of uh, what's best for his game and this is probably some of the danger of 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 having your own manager that you control as opposed to a what he had before with a chubby chandler who might have said we're we're just not signing that deal until you have a a putter that you're happy with or we're not signing the deal that locks you into that putter and it's an amazing thing to watch the other thing he said though house i don't know if you caught this he's now calling this a transitional year because of the nike equipment uh, leave getting married and now the the wrist or the rib injury and the back issue and whatever this is that kind of keeps coming back and I think that's just kind of astonishing to to have declared this now a a transitional year so it's well, just something I mean, to it, keep in mind going into it feels what like a, conce- the next few weeks. a concession speech it feels like a concession speech and this is the thing yeah. you just mentioned you know the the equipment change and how long it can take a player to acclimate this was, you know, it wasn't. It's not exactly ancient history. We went through this same kind of frustration in watching a player with a super duper talent. I keep using the word incandescent. Incandescent. I think it applies to him. Super duper talent. When he went from Titleist to Nike, and you know the reports of of the amount of money that was on the table for him when he jumped over to Nike, and he went all in the exact same way he just did with with the TaylorMade in terms of you know ball putter irons. Uh, woods all the whole nine yards and there was he he went through a a, a prolonged stretch of you know uh no wins and this was right on the heels of you know the the um i think it was the open in 2011 but i might get my i might have my timing wrong but in any event uh the thing that broke him out of it 
unfortunately, seems to have been back then his breakup over text with with his, the tennis star girlfriend. Yeah, Caroline. Well, right. Either way, I think the 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 thing that's fascinating, and what we have to move on, but uh, uh, the difference I think with with Rory and Spieth is that you don't feel like Spieth would would uh, make such a switch in the middle of the year uh, and do anything to compromise his game. Now, his game may be off because he tries too hard, he feels some pressure, he sees a weakness in his stats, he goes after that. I think that's why people are drawn to Spieth because they realize even if he maybe struggles a little bit for a while, they you sense it's because he is striving for such excellence that he might be guilty of trying too hard, whereas I think what we're starting to see with Rory that's disconcerting is that he um, doesn't do that. He he sometimes puts the what's best for his game a little bit aside uh, for for the dollar, and, and he's entitled to do that, um, but it's just hard because you know what a talent he is, and even if he's just a so-so putter, he, he just can be such a, an incredible force in golf. So And he's just such a huge draw. People love to watch him. He brings a certain something. Yeah, that, I love to watch him. Wow, I want to see him at the height of his powers. I want to see him yeah, effing around with exactly. a spider. I know. Just oh, putt geez. with the well, camera. I don't think you're going to see this. Rory. I don't think you're going to see the spider for a while. All right, let's take a break for a minute and hear uh, from a few of our sponsors. And then we have some fun talk to, uh, to get to on Phil and Bones, Malcolm Gladwell, and other good stuff. Hey, House, just a quick word from our friends at Odyssey, the number one putter in golf, because they are especially hot right now with the O-Works Micro Hinge insert. I know somebody who used to have some Micro Hinge in their life, and they let it go, House, but we won't go there. The better the roll, the more putts you make, of course. The Micro Hinge insert from Odyssey dynamically generates top spin at impact, keeping the ball on its intended line to help you and certain tour pros used to use them make more putts see the improved roll by simply rolling one putt at your local golf shop today trust me you will love the way it feels the ball coming off the face is incredible odyssey the number one putter in golf all right pals we'll also like to take a quick second to talk about our wonderful friends at SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, but as you know, there is a better and simpler way to buy, and that is with SeatGeek. It's the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. They have a seamless mobile experience that permits you to buy and sell tickets in just two taps. Did you hear that? That's two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. It's designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. The app saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get the most bang for your buck, they grade every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. It doesn't end with sports. Also plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available the concert season is especially upon us, Shaq. It's wonderful to sit outside and watch a concert here in the in the in the District of Columbia tonight. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure yeah. later in the week if it's going to stay that way. Yeah, it's more wonderful to see one here in L.A. House. No offense, but the Hollywood Bowl. Sorry, <laughs> you got no chance. Anyway, go on. Don't let me interrupt. Well, look, our listeners get a twenty dollars rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. If you haven't bought tickets with SeatGeek, now is the time to do it to get that twenty dollars rebate on tickets. Download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code and just enter promo code house, H-O-U-S-E. SeatGeek will send you 20 bucks after you have made your first ticket purchase, 20 free dollars. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code house today and make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for all things PGA and beyond. House. So now we have the other big story since we've last talked, of course, is the breakup of uh, Phil and Bones, which is still in the news. As we record this today, Phil was on Dan Patrick. He was on Morning Drive um, discussing a few things he was launching and, of course, was asked about this breakup. Uh, but people are really fascinated by this. 25 years is a long time, too long probably, which uh, is ultimately the issue. Uh, I have spoken to Bones. Uh, he has not wanted to talk about it. He he actually called me uh, because he had put out this this statement announcing the the breakup, 
They didn't change their Facebook status, which I thought was admirable. They they went to the the form of uh, essentially their version of a press release, which was like an uh, an iPhone notes uh, thing typed out. But anyway, it was it was uh, very kind of him. He he for some reason he had the wrong email address uh, from Phil's. Um, press representative and was calling to apologize that I didn't get it and I of course just assumed he wanted it to be broken by the hip kids that know laying up or something and <laughs> and but he was that was it and then I, I I tried to of course prolong the conversation a little to get something out of him and he just wasn't going to go there other than it, it, it really it, it really does sound like a mutual thing they have uh, had a great run and I think it was clear at the players that well, and not just the players. I think there have been a few examples where we've seen – there was that epic one that uh, uh, Bones just – just you could tell he didn't agree with something Phil said. I think it was at uh, uh, the Wells Fargo, and, and there, it, it was just a, a comical reaction almost, uh, just kind of nodding and supporting the shot. But it, it, I think it's – it's really as simple as that, and and now Phil, uh, you know, I don't, I think he he just wants to move on and do his own thing, and and um, and Bones can go a million different ways, but is that is that your sense that uh, people are fascinated by this because yeah. of their longevity? Of course, yeah. I'm fascinated too. So what I'm really interested in getting to the bottom of, and I hope that um, the guys will, will be candid after enough time no. goes by. No. <laughs> a little bit, right? Bones, Bones, is- no. Bones is like a, a – he's the ultimate caddy in that he treats the player-caddy relationship like a, like a, a lawyer-attorney-client oh, attorney privilege. Client privilege. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. He'll never, he's he'll a- never ever uh, say anything. Caddy-player privilege? No. Well, look, here, here's one thing that I'd like uh, somebody to shed some light on. Why now? Like what, what? Yeah, it's a weird, it's a that weird time. A weird yeah. It's a weird time, right, Shaq? It's a very weird part, and that is the scary part. And I, it does not make me bullish on on Phil's game the rest of the year, unless this is something he felt like was holding him back. And now he can go to uh, the upcoming events at the Greenbrier and to the. He's not playing the Scottish Open this year, but he's going to play the Open, which I think is um, could be related to to the new golf course there. They're playing in the Scottish, but yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't like the timing, and I don't like the chances that uh, that you know Phil's going to be. Bones was an editor uh, house. He was he. Uh, you know the analogy I like is that he, he was sort of like a great. You know he was George Martin to to uh, Phil's Beatles in that he could okay. he could kind of take the 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 artist there and 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 sculpt him and 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 steer him in the right direction and. And and not allow the the artist to go just crazy with let's pile on the strings and the brass section and the the gospel choir or whatever the the artist wants to do that the great producer the great editor says knows when to speak up and say mm, let's let's not do that or let's go here and I think maybe they had lost that ability or, or Bones had lost that ability to to uh, to shape him and to to guide him in the right direction and. I don't know if having your brother on the bag is really gonna is gonna be the way to uh, to bring because Phil is an immense talent and he needs to be reined in occasionally, and I think even he knows that. I think he's credited Bones a few times that way. So uh, that's what look, makes me a little yeah, little little I'm, not, not I'm, so bullish right now. But I don't I know if totally you know wrong. this about me. I uh, I'm a sucker for conspiracy theory, <laughs> so obviously. I'm I'm scouring the web, right? I mean, oh, you know, there are, yeah. you can go down so many holes, and especially with the PGA Tour, there is a gossip culture because oh, the tour itself um, is is so quiet typically on all all matters um, governing its players, and it's not like the tour had anything to do with with this one. But I did like the one conspiracy theory that um, I found appealing, and I want to be 100% clear. I didn't, there's no credible evidence of this, and in fact, you know, Phil's plans coming up seem to suggest that that uh, oh. this particular theory has no legs whatsoever, but that there was a quiet suspension, perhaps, in Phil's future as a result of some of the mishaps he had with, with uh, sports gambling and so forth. Yeah, and n- none of the math adds up on that with his, with his schedule. And this is, this is why the, the tour's news last week, which kind of got lost in some of these, uh, these things that happened, uh, was so important, House. This, this policy they've had of not uh, – first, okay, they don't let you know who gets a certain number of slow play times and the fine they pay. They don't let you know if somebody gets suspended for conduct unbecoming – 
They don't let you know if somebody uh, gets suspended for for a positive drug test uh, unless it's a a steroidal one that they're they're mandated essentially to be in compliance with uh, WADA and the Olympic movement on. And so that breeds this culture, uh, this conspiratorial culture uh, in golf, and um, that is has been bad for the tour. And many people have made that case. Tim Fincham was just very protective that the uh, of the image of the player. The image of the player was the most important thing to the tour. Taking hats off and shaking hands after the round. That is the essence of the PGA Tour product in his mindset. And the beauty is Jay Monahan is a sports person, and he knows that it goes beyond that. It, it, golf to have a future is to be exciting finishes like the travelers and it's to be transparent and to not try to mask and and be this kind of you know old boys little uh, club that uh lets us in and lets us watch them but has you know kind of uh sweeps their own problem problems under the rug and takes care of their own kind of thing people that, that doesn't work in today's world right i mean it rubs the sports fan wrong well, that's you know that's precisely the point. It is interesting to see the the tour announced um, the new drug testing, and I guess we'll see whether you know how the, how uh, revealing they are about you know folks that that get on the wrong side of it. It is interesting. Speaking of big news from last week, we're now uh, you know like a half hour into this conversation, and we're just now going to touch on the fact that Tiger you know, voluntarily put himself yeah. into a facility to deal with his prescription drug problem, which speaking of, you know, uh, speculation after a particular event, there was a pretty widespread consensus that the dude is suffering from some kind of problem with prescription drugs. And he, his own self, you know, confessed to, to, to such in connection with the statement that he made immediately after the, the, the car crash. So knock on wood that this is really something that that um, helps him yeah. get back on the path to 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 health. I I said this on a podcast on a Shack House podcast, um, maybe you know three four weeks ago, right around that Memorial Day event. Um, I want him to play. I and this I don't think that this rehab uh, in terms of getting the prescription drug thing figured out necessarily um, imperils his ability to to play competitive golf now. All of it is mental in terms of, you know, the time that he needs to devote to getting himself right and making sure that he continues to be in the corner of his taking care of his family the way he's supposed to with two young kids like that. Um, and so maybe it's the case that the golf is going to go by the wayside and maybe, you know, we j I just need to make uh, finally come to, to grips with the fact that he's not going to come back and play com competitive golf, but they're not mutually exclusive necessarily. No. Um, so I'm glad to hear, yeah. hear to hear the news that he's going to take it on head on, it, it seems. Yeah, I hope so. All right. He's not going to be at the tournament this week in your uh, your home region there at the uh, Quicken Loans where he's the host. He's going to be um, uh, unavailable, and I think everybody uh, understands that. Now, more importantly, House, let's, well, okay, not more important but than that, but uh, – I'm coming to you from Los Angeles, and we 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 um, we have golf clubs here, uh, country clubs. I know it's hard I've heard to believe. That. Yeah, yeah, and so I'm sure many of our uh, fine listeners are also subscribers to Malcolm Gladwell's uh, fine work, uh, and he started his second season of Revisionist History, uh, a fascinating podcast, totally different than what we do, but I love what he does with the format. I think he's always a fascinating. A thinker. I don't always agree with him, but I love the things that he tries to highlight and to uh, and then the discussions he tries to generate. Um, that said, he he targets golf in his first show. If you haven't listened, and uh, scores some very interesting points. And uh, but he, he, the problem I have, of course, living in Los Angeles, is I, um, I I know enough about the topic to to know there were some massive holes in in his case. But essentially, the gist is the short version. For people who, who haven't listened and don't want to listen, uh, he likes to jog around Brentwood Country Club, and he started to feel like that was a waste of, of precious space in the middle of the city that is uh, short on parks. And, um, and so he looked into golf courses and found out that the country clubs around here have a, a, a nice little tax break. And, and then he essentially used that, and, and House, correct me if I'm wrong, to basically target golf, and it's a rich white guy's sport. And um, CEOs waste a lot of time, which, uh, you know, I, I thought that was interesting that he won in that, but he didn't quite flesh that out. And um, that was the gist of the, the, the show was to target golf 
and to point out that the, the, the American taxpayer is subsidizing this game in the major cities. And um, uh, there were many places where that obviously fell flat. You, you listened to his pod with Bill, I, I believe. Uh, did you? Not? I did. Yeah, yeah. he was and, on. And he it was, was a good discussion. You know, he's kind of he's making the rounds. He was on Coward also. Oh yeah, um, yeah. CBS. I, uh, he gets he has big exposure, and that's why we're talking about. It. You know, a lot of people. I sent it to one to write it off. I said, well, I'm sorry, but he's got a pretty big platform. You need to take it pretty seriously. Yeah. So, but I have obviously a whole number of problems with both the conceit and the delivery and the execution and the presentation of this episode of, of Revisionist History, and and before. I go into my sort of list of criticisms. I will <laughs> observe, like oh. you, I have been a, I've been a Gladwell fan um, for a long time. I like, you know, sort of the fresh approach to um, topics and, you know, the deep dive that he takes into certain things has been illuminating in the past. And, you know, he's, he's a, he is a, a prodigious, um, you know, thinker and writer. And, and, you know, lots of times I found him to be very persuasive. This was not one of those times. And, you know, I think he had in mind a particular point to make that with the very first episode of this season of Revisionist History, which happens to be within, you know, the first 150 days of a new president of the United States, who, who also to happens golf. to be yeah. a, a, a big golfer. That's exactly right, that he, he had this sort of yeah. uh, liber, liberal populism that he wanted to, to sort of deliver. And, you know, he starts off, it's in the first three minutes of the, of the podcast, I hate golf, and by the end of this, hopefully you will hate golf too. Yeah. Well, you, you know what? Uh, um, you know, Malcolm, f- fuck off, okay? <laughs> so, like, Hey, we earned our explicit tag better than ever. Well, look, we're, you know, we're going to first we play this leisure activity snobbery like running is superior to yeah, golf yeah. because of the impact on resources and, and some of this other kind of thing. They liken the fence at Brentwood to oh, the Berlin Wall, gosh, which calls oh, into the thing with the boop, fences. Oh, my gosh. It, and, and, you know, rich people really, really like it. And then two sort of highly specious to my way of thinking points that he makes uh about you know why why golf and and and, you know he doesn't dare be particular or constrained in how he defines what he's criticizing which is really just private golf in la that's really the thrust of this whole argument not i hate golf and by the end of this hopefully you'll hate golf too he doesn't make a case to, to to bolster that he has an economist on who apparently has done some work Looking at um, the handicaps of CEOs, right? Who yeah. you know, at, at, at fifteen hundred companies now, he he quickly you know blows through the fact that of the fifteen hundred CEOs that they've identified for the purposes of this study, they could only find handicaps for for three hundred and thirty or so, yeah. and then they, he he talks about ten percent of that playing a certain number of rounds. Uh, and then there's apparently some correlation between the success of those businesses for the CEOs. Yeah. So, so if we're talking about 30 CEOs, uh, yeah. I, I guess, if, if I'm doing the math correctly, that play a, some number of rounds and that there's a, there's a relationship between the success of those businesses and I, I guess the point is the leisure activity of, the, of those folks. Now, I'm not going to try and defend the the leisure activity of choice of of anybody right because right. i yeah. i don't care i just like to play golf and i play it at public venues and i play it at private venues the other aspect of his criticism is 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 a referendum from 1978 that the people of california voted for at nearly 60 percent uh in favor of this referendum that froze property taxes at that point in time yeah um at, and and made it such that unless property changed hands in the future, then you're only paying property tax as though it was 1977. Yeah. And so, the the uh, you know every governor in the since that time in the in the uh, history of, of of the governance of, of of the state of California has considered the political consequences of taking on that proposition and has decided oh, yeah. against it. Yeah. Uh, and well, none, none of that is described here. It, it's basically portrayed as this, this special tilt to the private clubs, private golf clubs in the yeah. state of California and really just Los Angeles. It's, it's ludicrous. It tells well, so little of the story. He jogs here. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I'm not going to argue the, the tax element because they, they certainly are not 
paying a, a number that that uh, enthralls you and, and says, oh yeah, they're paying their fair share. What I what I have a problem with though, House was his targeting of the clubs for not um, being more open to the public. Not you know, obsessing about the fences around them is just really bizarre to me. And I, I, I get you know the old course at St Andrews is wonderful. It's not open on Sundays and people picnic out there and and that's wonderful. But that that's just not realistic. What I have a huge problem with, though, and he discussed this with Bill, is the the lack of public park space in the city of Los Angeles. And and where I was disappointed in, and and I know it would have it would have really hurt his case, but uh, in Los Angeles we have a a magnificent history of civic leaders completely screwing up uh, the formation of this city, and in a couple of ways. One, in terms of transit. Uh, we had the auto industry basically uh, uh, bribe people out of, of creating great mass transit that we're now spending a, a just gobs of money to remedy. And then the other th- area where we've just been horrific uh, has been in the area of parks. In fact, and I linked this on my blog, the, the Olmstead brothers were commissioned to write a, a report in Los Angeles about public park space long term and the vision uh, for that. And and so for him to ignore that, plus we've had multiple instances since. We are currently have another one where we're going to try to fix the L.A. River and create these great park spaces along the side of that. So to blame country clubs uh, for having the vision to have created something and having the wherewithal to have sustained that and those leaders and those visionaries to have, have, have made something – um, and and to not have made them open to the public and to blame them for the lack of public park space, I thought was really that was the one thing that really really bothered me. I, you can go into to why people don't like golf. Uh, it's it's all Donald Trump's fault. Uh, it's all Barack Obama's fault because he played too much. All that nonsense. I get all that. I, we we've heard all that. Um, but to not the way he researched it and the way I know he can research um, for him to ignore L.A.'s history, I thought was was really. Um, the, the most disappointing part of the of the listen. So again, yeah, still worth well, listening look, to. So uh, yeah, I think still it's worth li- it's, it's good for to golf it. though I, to be aware that this is a a view out there. And my view is is unlike a lot of people in golf say, ah, you know, they're just it's it's this it's that. I think you do have to refute it, and I do I, I think there some pushing back is important. What I really resent is the populism, this sort of liberal populism um, tilt that that comes right on the heels of revisionist history presented to you by Chanel. So like what? Chanel is the people's <laughs> perfume? Is that what I'm supposed to believe? Going after Before we go go hard at, at the uh, you know at the the privileges of, of the folks that belong to the club. Okay. I'll stop hey, now. That's yeah, yeah, just yeah. the last because, thing I had to Because speaking of advertisers and podcasts, there's a wonderful new podcast that's going to become available for advertising folks out there. Uh, House, you can't tell us the name. But um, I listened to Bill's show, your, your, your fine show on the NBA draft, and you uh, discussed that you're going to be having a food pod. Uh, he will be on the second episode. I'm very excited to hear about this. Could you, uh, could you tease us a little? Are we going to have – is there going to be a little bit of golf uh, food talk? You know, there's some, a lot of big-name chefs, as you know, love to play golf. Uh, give us a little teaser of what, what's coming up on the uh, to-be-announced-named pod. Well, Shaq, you you know I am a nothing if not a food enthusiast. Uh, we you, we've had occasion to have some meals together. I have a few opinions on food. You do. I'm not I'm not afraid, Shaq. You know this about me to write a food wrong. When I see a food wrong, I need it to be righted. And really, the genesis of this whole uh, idea was um, Ringer took on Last Meal on Earth. It was a really great week-long kind of expose yeah. and all kinds of – expose is, a, is, is the wrong word, but just a thorough treatment of a lot of different elements of, of food. They had a lot of um, famous chefs on to talk about what their last meal on Earth would be. Now, part of this was a ranking among the Ringer staff – um, a, a group of, of folks that are largely populated by under 40-year-olds to who, who were asked to provide their opinion on their favorite fast all food right. yeah, I know item. all about your beef with that. Come on. We don't yeah. need the life story of this show. Just give, well, it, come on. Just Just give us so a look, plug. 
Yeah, this is going to be uh, a food podcast for the hungry people by the hungry people, Shaq. Okay, we're going to have food more, news. the elevator pitch I was looking for. We're going to have food news. We're going to have food right. rants. We're going to have food guests. We're going to have food recommendations. Well, that first guest, uh, are you ready to reveal that? Uh, he, he, no, he I, I, you know, we're, we're still, okay. everything right. is still a moving all piece. Right, but right. we're going to, look, the first handful of guests, we're going to have some great folks. We're, we're certainly going to have um, a good Callaway friend, Adam Rappaport, the editor-in-chief of Bon Appetit. Bill Simmons uh, hates avocados. We're going to try and figure out what that's all about. We're obviously going to have our good friend. He's a friend to the ringer. He's a, a, a friend to the DMV, to the D.C. area. David Chang, the Momofuku Beautiful. empresario. Golf, He'll be a guest in there. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Hope you get into so, that you know, he, it'll be all the kind of folks you expect. And then you're absolutely right. There are lots of, of chefs, uh, famous chefs that that uh, have the the food angle so let's 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 get into it all right well i can't wait i'm going to be subscribing i can't wait to listen it's going to be a lot of fun uh and we look forward to hearing maybe on one of those shows your fourth of july spread because we are uh yeah. we have a holiday approaching we hope everybody enjoys the fourth and then we're going to get all in on the open championship after that check Hey, everybody, let's close the show with a word from Chromesoft, the ball that changed the ball. House, by the way, uh, our friend Jim Cunningham Sr. just tested out the Chromesofts, and I understand fired a 78. First time he's ever used the Chromesoft. I think we did well getting him some golf balls. That's better. I've, I've never shot 78 in my yeah, life. No, I've broken 80 as... twice, but I've never, broken, <laughs> I've never shot 78. Well, we, we won't blame the ball in that case, but hey. <laughs> Callaway has been the fastest growing major golf ball brand since 2013, and it's the Chrome Soft Golf Ball. Of course, it's been a major part of that, as our friend Jim Cunningham can attest. The key to Chrome Soft's performance, of course, is the Dual Soft Fast Core, which makes it extremely fast, incredibly soft, and unbelievably easy to control. Chrome Soft, it's the ball that changed the ball. And friends, I talked a little earlier about the good people at Proper Cloth, you know what I mentioned. Something's always off when it comes to dress shirts. But look, you can order a custom fit shirt. It's never been easier, and that's thanks to the good folks at Proper Cloth. They guarantee a perfect fit, meaning that if somehow your shirt does not fit perfectly, they'll remake it for free. So stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Go to propercloth.com backslash Shaq House today. Enter gift code SHACKHOUSE, S-H-A-C-K-H-O-U-S-E, to save $20 on your first shirt. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.